Here now on the Yaakov M. Show, senior White House correspondent for Omni Magazine, the legendary Jake Turks. Jake is a Newsmax contributor and the first ever Hasidish member of the White House press corps. He's here today to discuss the recent fiasco in which the White House excluded Orthodox Jews from a unity summit. You cannot make this stuff up. Jake, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, uh, can, can we just try to clarify something? The first openly Hasidic member of the White House press corps. I'm not <laughs> judging other closeted Hasidic. I mean, look, come on. Let's, is- let's just call it what it is. <laughs> I mean, there could have been a, a, a Hasidic Jew in the 1970s who just like was kind of I, Not out in the open yet about his Hasidic identity. I, you know, I don't want to take anything away from them. Yeah, Roberts from Fox News. You know, I've always had my suspicions about him. <laughs> yeah, uh, him specifically, right? <laughs> Let's just point blank. You were at the White House at, along with several other Hasidim filming a documentary as they're holding a unity summit to combat hate and anti-Semitism. Yet you and others were excluded. So how badly did the White House mess up? So there, there are two things here that uh, that people are co- uh, conflating and confusing. First of all, two different stories. There were Askanim who were not invited, and there were reporters who were not allowed to cover. So the way, the way it, it used to work before COVID and before Biden was that events were officially open press, and so reporters – Every outlet had the right to have minimum one reporter to cover any event. So, like, they would give me a seat before they would give CNN or, or New York Times a, a second spot, right? Okay, that's fair. That makes sense, right? Yeah. Okay. So, during COVID, they said because, you know, CDC guidelines, we have to restrict how many people can cover any, any given event. So, let's say they uh, decided to keep a certain event down to 30 reporters. So... What the White House would do is they would say, "Okay, uh, there's going to be an event tomorrow. Here's a link, Um, you know, fill in fill in this form and then we'll tell you if uh, if you made it onto the list. But what they were really doing is they were like, "Okay, uh, nah, nah. Okay, that guy is good. He's not going to ask any tough questions. Okay, that guy's good. Okay, that guy's good. Oh, that guy. I don't know. (laughs) I don't want to take a chance. That guy's out. And like like we started hopping very quickly that. Every single outlet that was being invited was being invited every time, and everyone that wasn't was not. Right. Like it was very clear what what the game was over here. And it's COVID. But Just blame COVID. <laughs> exactly, but but we couldn't do anything about it because, like, you would ask the press secretary, and she would say, "Oh, I don't know anything about this," and you say, "Well, who's making the decision?" I have no idea, but wondering the same thing. Like they kept on giving us these really stupid like tourism for for any time we. We tried asking, right. and they kept saying, "Well, you got to ask the CDC because the CDC is their it's their call, their decision." You realize we're in the middle of a pandemic, so what are you going <laughs> to do then? The CDC was like, "Hey, we don't know anything about this. We have no idea. We never told the White House, Jack." So th- th- that's what's going on now. Once the the COVID restrictions were lifted around Purim time last year, now the White House no longer had this this excuse. So a couple of months ago. There was this big effort undertaken by a couple of reporters, including one from the New York Post and one from a left wing outlet who was also being excluded. And it was signed by close to 100 members of the White House press corps demanding um, transparency, saying, listen, if you're telling me that there's some kind of an RSVP process, be open about who's making the decisions, what are they basing it on, yada, yada. Or stop it altogether. They're like, yeah, sure, fine, we're going to stop it. And then they kind of gave the impression that they were that they were uh, discontinuing this uh, RSVP. For this event, they sent out RSVP links again. So when myself and the other three Orthodox Jewish reporters were at the White House that day, 
we filled out the forms right away. We sent it back, and we were told that we were all four of us were denied. Wow. So, so I told the I, I went over to um, different White House officials. I'm like, hey, uh, listen, this is a very very big deal to our community. We're at the forefront of these attacks. They're like Jews are being assaulted on the street on an almost daily basis just for looking Jewish, and we feel it's very very uh, insensitive of the White House to deny all four of us, at least get one of us in. And they either refused or weren't interested or weren't able to do anything, the people that I spoke to. So Belesbre, I, I realized it was it was getting late. So I just barged into the press secretary's office with, you know, Sharvet Azov style without any, you know, anything. <laughs> literally, Karin Jean-Pierre, John you literally barged right into you, her yeah. office. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and I... And I yeah, I, I come on, never do this. And and it's something that I wouldn't do unless unless I felt it was important. And I said, and she's like, excuse me, I'm in the middle of a meeting. I said, I realize, but this is urgent and very time sensitive. And I explained to her the matzah. And she's like, okay, fine. I'll send somebody out. Just just give me a couple of minutes. And I'll send someone who's going to take care of it. By the time that person came out and they, they pretended or maybe they tried or whatever, um, uh, by then it was too late already. And the Secret Service was like, sorry, the president's already uh, is already on his way into the room, and 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 by then it's 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 too late to, um, so, to let anybody in. So like so, regardless, and again, even if there was no malicious intent, but they basically stalled you until there was no option. Yeah, but you know what? I'm I'm not even going to say malicious. It doesn't matter. It's not. Is it, was that anti-Semitic? No, that's stupid. Uh, definitely. I mean, understood. Uh, there, there's no. There's no reason for me to conclude that it was an anti-Semitic conspiracy to keep out the Jews right. or the Agreed. wrong kind of Jews. But it was just – it was a very stupid move, especially at a time when the overwhelming majority of Orthodox Jews do not trust the Biden White House when it comes to, to, to dealing with these kinds of issues or when it comes to to um, understanding what we're going through. And this could have been an opportunity for them to say, yes, of course, united against hate, we're united. And 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 who has a bigger stake in this than, than the from Jews living in the New York, New Jersey area who are at the front lines of these attacks? So, and that's really the point. And, gonna, yeah, and you're right under yeah. their nose. I mean, you literally were there anyway in the next room, in the next, you know, the yeah, other part. Exactly. Of the I was, I was, yeah. And, and you got to understand, um, uh, the, the press secretary's office is like, 20 feet away from the Oval Office. It's not like it's not like they didn't let me into the into the into the complex. It's not like whatever. I was there. I was a few feet away. I, you know, and I've been working in the White House for almost seven years. It's not like I'm just a episode who just rolled out of bed and just decided and got lucky and ended up in the White House. They know who I am. It's not like. And just you know? to, right, exactly. And just to clarify, they were not allowed in. The other reporters, the New York Post said something about the driveway, but that's not accurate, correct? Someone, someone, someone else said the driveway, and that was inaccurate. They said the driveway, Keilu, they but didn't let us into the building, and and no, no, no. So, but I just want to clarify. In other words, the point is they were denied access. Yeah. So, Period. so the driveway, the driveway is where there's a, a spot in the driveway called the stakeout area, which is right outside the West Wing entrance. And uh, th- this has always been when whenever someone would have a, a meeting with a president, like, let's say, a member of Congress or a CEO of a company or a celebrity or or someone who became famous or something that happened to him. So after the, the meeting with the president, they would come outside just outside the entrance to the Oval Office and there's microphones set up there and they'll talk to reporters and they'll take questions or whatever. That's where I spoke to Al Sharpton and uh, the head of the ADL, uh, Jonathan Greenblatt, at, right after the event. Uh, so so that was on the driveway. So 
I guess someone saw a picture or a video or whatever of me on the driveway, and they may have concluded incorrectly that we were forced to stand okay. on the driveway. Wanted to clarify <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. And what I find astonishing, yeah. uh, the White House is clearly rattled by this story because Susan Rice, and I saw you kind of had it back and forth with her, she's tweeting about this very high-level uh, person in the White House, and I believe that yeah. they think that this is very damaging. Yeah, and and look, it's very unfortunate for them that they're thrust into this into this whole chadgadia that that they didn't that they didn't want and that they could have so easily prevented. Um, the, so, but, but aside from the reporter angle over here, there was the fact that there were no Hamish Askanim that were invited to this event, or if there were any that were invited, they didn't participate. And the New York Post interviewed W. Honig, who said that that he had some kind of a um, a letter from Governor Murphy yeah. or something and whatever, and 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 yeah, he uh, received he some kind of honor. White House refused to, yeah, exactly. And I mean, so you had Nathan Diamond, the head of the OU, of course, he's definitely earned his right to be there at the same time he's a he's someone he's a washington guy he's not he's not someone no no one's no one's running after him in the street beating him up because he looks jewish if you know what i'm saying <laughs> yes and, and and i hope no but i'm saying just the his his look is not like, like he's not spotted from from a mile away when i walk when i walk in the street friday night and I get like, you know, you know, the car horns and the unrolled windows and the expletives thrown at me on my way to show. It could be pitch black and they can tell I'm Jewish from like way down the block. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. you know, so so there was not a single like Haredi, I guess you could say, like no Hasidish, no Yeshivish, no openly, highly visibly orthodox people uh, at that event. And. The ones that wanted to be there were not uh, were not invited to be there. I didn't see anybody from Aguda there. I didn't hear anyone tell me that anyone from Aguda was there. Could be for, could be Aguda just had something else scheduled that day. I have no idea. I I mean, I mean um, the the uh, Coalition for Jewish Values wasn't there. I, I, you know, any organization that you could think of that has from people within that organization that's been invited to events in the past was at that event, except for Diamond of the OU. That's it. So let me so, ask you, yeah, what do you think the motivation was? I don't know. Maybe they were, look, they're, they're, they're very Sefloigan. Let's, I mean, you know, they're not <laughs> like the Trump Sefloigan, like the Trump White House Sefloigan was a different type Sefloigan, but you know, they, they're, they're not, they're not, we're not dealing with the same people that ran the Obama White House, the Obama press and, I started towards the end of the Obama administration. So, but my impression from the limited time that I spent there with them was that they they had their head on their shoulders at least at least when Josh Ernest was press secretary. They they knew what they were doing. They were professional people, and they would have been a lot more savvy at making sure that I, I, right. I can't imagine something like this happening. Uh, during uh, the the final uh, two years of the Obama administration. Right. So all our perception on the outside is now confirmed by you, the insider, that the Biden White House is just total disarray and chaos. Um, No, it's not disarray and chaos the same way the Trump White okay, House was. Okay, not like Trump. Fine. But, no, no, it's not total disarray and chaos, but there is a lot of chaos. Um, the the current press secretary does not seem to, to have the same kind of um, – control the way the Jen Psaki had um she she just i don't know i mean she's she's very nice like like my just 
behind the scenes exchanges with her. She's always been very respectful and very nice and, you know, curious and, and interested in understanding things and, and perspectives and whatever. I don't think she's she's particularly brilliant behind the podium, but but no. but she, she's she's not you know she's <laughs> Understatement not like of a, the century. Uh, and I, yeah. I before before I let you go, did the White House at one point try to intervene and actually get the New York Post to bury the story? Um, uh, to bury the story? No, I mean that that's already that's already uh, not 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 to bury the story. Obviously, when I'm not sure if they if they sent the New York Post like statements that the New York Post didn't didn't publish or or whatever, but they definitely did not want the story to be published. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's 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 an understatement. Right. But uh, to bury, I mean, you know. All right, there, there are, my hyperbole they're using a strong word, but in other words, somebody contacted you or somebody reached out to somebody, right? Because they were hoping, like yeah. you said, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some someone reached out to me and inquired whether I would be able to influence the New York Post to uh, to not publish the story. Right. So my takeaway from that is they realize that this was just a, a monumental mess up. Yeah. And I said, I said, look, I mean, what do I have with the New York Post? I mean, I said, look, I, I sent them a statement. They reached out to me for a statement. And the statement I sent them was, and um, it's not verbatim because I don't have it in front of me. But essentially, I said, the, the Jewish people have enough enemies and Baruch Hashem, the White House is not one of them. <laughs> so, like, I was very clear that I didn't think this was anti-Semitism. And, and and I also said that I received a commitment from the White House that they're they're going to be a lot more sensitive in the future to um, to the Orthodox Jewish community, and that they're going to make sure that something like this uh, doesn't happen again. Yeah, and I so so for me that's that's good enough. I'm not looking to to you know this is the New York Post can publish whatever they want to publish. There's nothing to do with me. A hundred percent. And I thought I followed your tweets, and you and I had spoken earlier. Uh, you know, I thought you handled this. Extremely graciously, I thought you were very straightforward and very direct, as as we know, but I thought you were extremely fair and, and yeah, did defend the White House. Yeah, you know, when, when Susan Rice says that this is all a lie and she and she says, you know, a, a lot of Orthodox Jews were invited to this event and she names just one and then she names a second one who I'm sorry, nobody ever heard of, not someone who's <laughs> like any kind of asking or anything, just some guy who lives in Baltimore. No, no disrespect to him. I'm sure he's a fine, talented young man, but like, and those are the only two Orthodox Jews that she could. In fact, it's funny because she posted a picture of this Orthodox Jew, so to speak, with two other people. And my reaction was, which of these three people is the Orthodox Jew? I literally, I was like, I said, are all three of them Orthodox or is it one or are you not sure how many? Like, like I couldn't tell. <laughs> Her response agreed. Uh, Susan Rice was pitifully no, not, weak. Not to take away. Not to take. Look, you could be Orthodox and, and you don't have to. Whatever you could dress however you want. I don't know. That's not that's not my department. But I'm just saying. So the Orthodox, but that's not what the 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 concerns of the community. It, it has nothing to do with the fact that you posted a picture of someone who claims Orthodox. Yeah, you said it very well earlier. Right. I mean, the, the, the Haredi world right now, Hasidish, Litva, I mean, they are targeted. This is worse than I've ever seen in my lifetime. You know, I mean, that that's just, they are the victims. 
predominantly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. F- final question yeah. before I let you go, if you have another minute. Uh, after that event, you did ask, as you alluded to earlier, Jonathan Greenblatt of the ADL, about the hypocrisy of Joe Biden uh, repeating this divisive story about Trump and, and Charlottesville and really this false fake yeah. story. So what did you think of his response? You know, Greenblatt was in a very tough position because he knows he knows the truth. And even if he didn't know the truth, I read the. So let, let's let's take a step back because your audience doesn't know what we're talking about, probably. So um, the, during the Charlottesville riots in 2018, I believe. So there was there was this protest and then there was this counter protest and this big fight brought, uh, uh, broke out between white supremacists and and Antifa and listen, you know what, let's find a big enough room, let, let's put them all there and, and, and let, you know, let them, let them <laughs> get to work on each other as far as I'm concerned, you know, may, may, yeah. may they all win, right? <laughs> but, so, so, so anyway, Trump was asked about it, um, like shortly afterwards at a press event. And the quote that has been attributed to him, which is, which is false, is, and, and, and out of context was there were fine people on both sides, right? And, Democrats have been repeating this. Oh, well, Trump said that there were fine people on both sides, meaning that there were fine people on the Nazi side. Ergo, the Nazis are fine people. So it comes to the point where they're like, yeah, but Trump called the Nazis fine people. Like that's how it's been recharacterized. So now Biden keeps on saying, and he said this dozens, if not hundreds of times, and he's even been called out on it. And he still keeps on saying it, that one of his three biggest motivations for running for president was when he saw the Charlottesville riots and he saw Trump calling the Nazis fine people. For him, that was the last straw. That's why he decided to 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 run yeah, for president. In the video when he announced and, his candidacy, that's that was what he said. And he still keeps repeating that. Yeah. Now, what did Trump what did Trump actually say? He literally said Besides for the neo-Nazis and the white supremacists who should be condemned totally, there were fine people on both sides. Does that not sound like he's saying all Nazis are fine people? Or maybe is he saying the exact opposite of that? <laughs> well so, so I'm like, OK, if you're tr- if you're pretending to do an event united against hate. And you started out with something so disingenuous that 50, the 50 percent of Americans who are pro-Trump and who knew, who are aware that Trump never said this, they're never going to accept that Biden is acting in good faith. So if you really care and if Biden really cares about this issue and, and about uniting against hate, why does he keep on saying this statement, which is complete a complete lie, and which half the country knows is a lie, and which will cause them to never accept him as being serious in the first place? That that was the exchange. Unbelievable. Well said. So, and yeah. Yeah. So so he tried he tried throwing it back at Trump, and look, you know he's. He wasn't born yesterday. He knows how to. He knows how to spin. He's 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 good at his job. That's how come he's the head of the ADL, um, and and I have a lot of respect for him. At the same time, it, it's you know, the only one who who should have to answer that question is Biden, and he right. almost never gives report. Another thing, by the way, with the whole RSVP thing, part of why it is so it is so brilliant on the White House's part, the way they've been censoring and blacklisting and cutting reporters out is because they will always let in Peter Ducey from Fox. And that's it. He's the only, and the, the reason they'll never let the Newsmax guy in, they'll never ne- let the OAN guy in. They, for a year, weren't letting the New York Post guy in. You know, they, they were not letting 
any conservatives in, and some some leftists that they they felt they um, weren't interested in in dealing with. But they always let Peter Ducey in to kind of make it look like, what do you mean? Of course we let conservatives in. Look, we let in Peter Ducey. <laughs> Interesting. And, which which they yeah, basically and, have no choice. I mean, he's Fox News, right? That's even though he does have some what? tough questions. True. A, but B, and, and here's another thing that people don't have. So. Jim Acosta, every time Jim Acosta would have a, a back and forth with Trump, so it would go viral in the Trump world. Ha ha, look at how dumb Jim Acosta is and look at the fake news. It would also go viral in the leftist world saying, wow, look at this brave reporter standing up to this fascist right to his face. <laughs> the same thing's happening with Ducey over here. Conservatives That's look true. at Ducey like, yeah, he's the one reporter who's ever going to have the guts to ask Biden questions, not knowing that he's the only one who's not being who's not being censored. Uh, in in this in in this context, and in in leftist circles, it's like ha ha. Peter Ducey made a fool out of himself again by peddling these false, discredited, debunked conspiracy <laughs> theories, QAnon, mega extremist, <laughs> whatever. So it, so and also, I mean, Ducey. Look, he's he's thirty two, thirty three. Um, he's been covering the White House for as long as Biden's been in the White House. And and sometimes, you know, he's not he, he doesn't have the kind of experience as someone like Acosta has. You know, Acosta's got 20 years experience on him. Right. And sometimes Peter Ducey comes across as maybe being a little like because he he's he looks young and because he's, you know, sometimes not as polished. That also plays over very well uh, in leftist oh, circles. Interesting. So they see it as an asset. They, they see that as actually helping him as, as helping, helping them. Wow. And uh, and like you say, I mean, Biden will not t- take questions. I mean, he, they, they they shield him, they protect him. They, yeah. Um, how many press conferences do you think Biden's? How many solo press conferences has he done yeah, since he got into the White House? Yeah. What is it? Three or four? I mean, two. It's wow. Two. Um, and he gets away two. with it. And then he goes on sixty two. minutes and uh, <laughs> starts yeah. uh, you know, announcing the pandemic you know is many, over. Yeah. Do you know how many interviews he's done? Uh, he's done this year. How many TV interviews he's done? One on one television interviews this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, tell me how many? <laughs> Very few. Two. Uh, he's done two he's as done well. Two. Unbelievable. He did. He gets away. He with did. It. He. Yeah. He did one last week, and he did another one in February. Oh, and whatever you think of Trump, the man would stand there as he's getting on the helicopter for fifteen or twenty minutes, just no. Responding. Biden does a helicopter stuff too. He does a helicopter stuff too. Yeah. Okay. Not not as long as. Trump, because there's always like his wife or or like a guy dressed in a bunny costume who slaps <laughs> him away. When, but 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 um, it's uh, the the helicopter thing is Tom Nars because it, you can't have any normal exchange. It's hard to hear anything over the, the over the the the, 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 the yeah and <laughs> and 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 if you ask the guy a question that he doesn't want to answer, he could just pretend he didn't hear you and then go on to the next guy. And that's what always happens in a press conference. You can't do that in an interview. You can't do that. And the only times they give interviews are when he knows that they're not going to ask anything tough. It's that's what what happens. He hasn't given a single print interview since he came into office. Not one. Not a single print outlet. Not the New York Times, not the Washington Post, not a single print outlet, as far as I know, has gotten an interview from him, with him. So, yeah, that's – do you blame them? I don't blame them. If I worked for the White House, I wouldn't let any reporter near him. I would would even – I mean, come on. No, right, we're not stupid. We we know what's going on over there. He's he's his own worst liability. All right, we'll leave it there. Uh, Jake Turk, the legendary senior White House correspondent for Army Magazine and Newsmax contributor. This is amazing. 
And I cannot wait to do this again. Yes, thank you very much, Yaakov M. It's going to be a wonderful, sweet, Zislechtig New Year. Yes, have a Ksiva Ksiva Yes, I'm Yep. Jake Turks on the Yaakov M Show.